Well, there's some fun things we can talk about, like how we met. We will dive in if you're ready. Are you excited? <laughs> yeah. You know it. So we keep changing the name. Right now it's mm-hmm. MGW Productions, and we're debating between calling the movie Rainbow Day or Molly's Gay Awakening. I think we're leaning towards Rainbow Day. And then, I mean, we could call it MGW, which is just very coded. And then everyone would be like, what the hell is MGW, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think people have fun trying to figure out acronyms. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. So is it to support the movie? Is that what, what you're trying to do? The podcast? Yeah. Yeah, well, we want to support the film, but also we want it, like, me and this other, uh, like, the director that I'm collaborating with, we both got into film to make a difference and to inspire, and we only want to work on projects with integrity. So a film to us is much more than just a story. We want to, like, create change and, like, a movement. So the idea behind this is creating, like, a safe space to open up the conversation of coming out, being authentic, being true to yourself, and kind of not judging someone based off of what age they come out or like the way they dress, the way they choose to label themselves. And we recognize Mm -hmm. like everyone's going to have their own unique journey. And this is kind of giving a platform or a voice to someone that is wanting to share their, their story. So we're calling it, I mean, Molly's gay awakening. So the idea of it is like, you know, when was your gay awakening type of thing? But, you know, if we're not really using labels and it's not really about labels, it's more of like rainbow day. So it's like there's a shade of the color in the rainbow to make anyone feel comfortable about being their own unique shade, basically. Like you're your own individual and you have your own awakening and people have revelations all the time at different ages or different chapters in people's life, whether it's your Saturn return or, you know, it's a different chapter because it's the end of a job, the start of a new job, it's the start of a relationship, it's the end of a relationship. Maybe you moved to a different state, maybe you started a school, you're graduating from school. Basically, these transition moments is something that I want to talk about. And in the beginning, we were kind of really excited to market the film towards, you know, the LGBTQ population, but at the same time, we want it to be very relatable to a large audience. And we find that it is relatable to people that are just going through a transition and being authentic and truthful with themselves. And like, we want it to be more than just about, you know, oh, it's another gay film or whatever. So that's kind of the idea behind it is just being supportive of someone's transition and being truthful to themselves without labeling it pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. So anyways, let me uh, let me introduce the wonderful human on the other side of this phone, Miss Rachel, who is currently living in California and works for the wonderful company ESPN, who was bought by Disney. That's very fun. And grew up as a softball player. What division again did you compete in? Uh, D3. I wanted to keep a social life. And your major in school, was it always what you're doing now or was it slightly different? I came out of high school knowing that I wanted to edit. My degree is in media production. 
Okay. Did they actually give you the technical skills that you're using now? No, they did not. <laughs> uh, I think I learned everything that I know about uh, editing and production and the whole creative process from working on the job and life experience. I did a lot of internships. In Endicott College was really good for uh, their internship program. So before I even left school, I had a lot of real-world experience under my belt, which gotcha. made it a lot easier moving out into the the big world. <laughs> so they weren't great at actually giving you the technical skills, but they were they had like a really great internship networking and like that is what really helped bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, you know, if that's not a life lesson right out of the gate, I don't, I don't know what is where it's, you know, it's not about your degree and it's not about what you learned in school in a class. It's, it's all about who you know and the, the connections you can form and tactile, like getting your hands on the buttons and actually doing it. No matter what you yeah. do, you're not going to. Sitting in the driver's seat yourself, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It'll be beneficial for everyone if you can get the, the real-life hands-on experience. So that was. So being um, an athlete, was that a really hard transition to find not only what you wanted to do, but to, to go on without a coach, without a team? Because I'm assuming that you didn't just play in college. You played in high school. Like you grew up with a team and a coach. How did you mm -hmm. bridge that cap? Yeah, well, when I when I got to ESPN, it was kind of like college 2.0. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of straight out of school kids trying to get in the business, and ESPN is very welcoming. And if you can get in the door, there we'll break you down of all your habits, and we'll build you up the way that we want you to produce here. It was like college 2.0. So you kind of felt like you had class and like a team and it was okay for a couple of years I think as time went on and you become further removed from the athletic world it starts mm -hmm. to hit you a little bit more how much you're missing you know your teammates behind you and that energy that you get from a group of people I think that didn't really hit me until I was a little further removed from school yeah that's a pretty quick transition if you were working pretty much right away after school. Is that right? You didn't have like too much of a delay in finding a job? Yeah, no. My internship advisor, talk about how important that internship program was. My internship advisor had the contact at ESPN. Wow. So she, you know, goes, you, you played sports, ESPN is sports and it's production. This seems like an obvious choice. Do you want me to pass along the name? So I grabbed the name. <laughs> That's really cool. Seriously. Yeah. I kind of look at that period in my life. I can look back in hindsight that I was just going through the motions of what I was raised to do. You know, like you go to school, you go to college, you get a job. And I was just, you know, checking off all the boxes and wasn't really thinking about anything beyond what came after that. There was probably like a good three or three or four years of just bliss and hands-on getting to know really working on my craft and, and building my career and then once I kind of picked my head up I looked around yeah. and I was like okay so now what you know like what's, so ESPN what's next hired you did you you didn't really have the skills when they hired you and you like learned as you got in the door or they taught you during the internship and then they hired you. You can approach projects differently. You can approach and edit differently, which is what I do. So, you know, you can do it 
100 right ways and you can also do it 100 wrong ways. So it just depends on situation and who you're working with. And ESPN does a really good job, kind of like the military, where they train you for three months before you're actually in the seat putting TV on the air. And yeah, really good job of teaching you and training you SOPs. And because there, there's a reason ESPN is the worldwide leader, right? They they put out a product that is amazing, and yeah. you can tell when it's ESPN because it all looks the same. So they have like certain structures and certain things that they, you know, they look for and certain technical levels that we need to hit. And uh, they do a really good job of training you and, and, and training you to edit for them, for sure. And then once, you know, once you get the, the skills that you need and you understand the world and the universe, then you can, you know, get a little bit more creative. They do a good job of bringing you in and, and training you with what you need to know. That makes sense. And did you know... Were you fully out when you first got out of college and you started working for them? Or when did you discover that? What was that like for you? I came out my senior year of high school. So by the time I got to ESPN, I was already a full-fledged polo collar popping, cargo short wearing New England lesbian. So <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, there, was, there wasn't really hiding when I got there. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like me in high school, but in denial. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) so, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's amazing to know. Is there some moment that you kind of reflect on where you knew or like, that was like the aha moment? Thinking back to senior year, I was, I was never one of those people who got any attention from boys. When I was growing up, I was a big tomboy and I played sports on the, like the boys leagues because the girls just weren't they weren't there yet they weren't caught up there weren't enough like female athletes in sports even when I was growing up yeah for the competition to be there so I I, you know when I was little I was playing with all the boys and they eventually kicked me out because I was too good for them or something and uh I feel you yeah I remember something like that Somewhere around puberty, somewhere around 12, when everything changes, right? It, it changes. You're not only longer a girl now. It's like something changes when, when girls hit puberty and all of a sudden there's there's just a different path that we're pushed down. Yeah. It's, you know, so I used to be around all boys and then puberty hit and it got weird and then I had no boyfriends. I had all <laughs> girlfriends around me. And uh, I just didn't know how to relate to them the way that kids at that time like when you're a teenager the way that boys and girls relate to each other I was like I don't get this Interesting. <laughs> I don't really understand yeah. and I missed the the flirting with boys 101 class like where where was this that I was was I skip was I sick that day um and it just didn't it just didn't jive with me and you know I tried I had boy crushes but nothing ever I never really had any boyfriends or anything like that so no attention and it wasn't until I started playing tournament softball in in high school that I would go to a tournament and I would be getting different attention yeah than I was used to I would be getting attention from strangers like other girls on other teams would come up and talk to me in a different way and I was like huh yeah um and at the time, I literally had no idea. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea 
that that was even possible. That wasn't, that wasn't like, it wasn't normal. I, I grew up in rural Connecticut. There yeah. was one gay person at my school and she wore like Jenga jeans and had purple hair and piercings everywhere. And I was like, well, if that's gay, like that's not me. Yeah. Cause that was sure. my only example. Oh, you know, that's the only representation I had to compare to. So, right. I, you know, gave it a try with, over the summer, like my, after my senior year of high school, I dated a girl and she turned out to be a little crazy as most of the first ones are. Mm-hmm. And I went into college going like, nope, that's not me. Mm. That cannot be me because girls are crazy. I want nothing to do with that. Uh, and yeah. then I think probably two weeks into my freshman year, I saw Tina who would end up being mm-hmm. my girl, my first girlfriend of two years. So my first love, like first everything. So as soon as I saw uh, her, I was like, ah, oh, shit, I'm gay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a weird, I told my parents and then I was like, nah, forget that. And then I told them again. And like, I've always just kind of gone in and out of whatever I'm feeling, whatever's going on for me. I change my mind a lot based on the lived experience that I'm having, you know. When I was younger, it was very just opening up to the possibility that that was even an option. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. I had no idea. Then I came out to a couple of people and they're like, well, duh, (laughs) you couldn't have told me? Yeah, no, it's it's so much easier looking back and thinking about, like, outfit choices and, like, people we got shy around or, like, might have had, like, a crush on and we just, like, you know, didn't really realize that that's, that's what we were feeling or what was going on or, like, you know, so yeah. I think that's interesting. I and definitely you know, agree with, like, not relating to, to guys in the same way other people did. I had, like, a boyfriend sophomore year of high school just because, like, I don't know, I wanted people to get off my back, and it seemed like it was, like, the cool thing to do. And this guy asked me out, and I said <laughs> yes, and then track season came along, and I broke up with him. I was like, no, nah, I need to focus and get stuff done. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't really do anything anyways, and he, like, went to a different high school. And he went from being, like, the captain of the football team to, like, I think he hurt his knee, and then he got, like, fat really quick and became, like, a mooch. And I was just like, yeah, no, this is not happening. Mm-hmm. Um but other than that, yeah, total winner, total, total winner. Great personality. Um, mm. So fun, fun guy, other than that. But and then also with like relating to the, like sports and playing with the guys, especially when you're like super young. I remember wanting to always have my shirt off uh, until mm-hmm. it was awkward. Like I think someone had to tell me to put a shirt on. And I, I had like chicken bites anyways. I had like, or mosquito bites. Like I'm still tiny chested and, um, which I'm, I'm grateful for. And I know that you're contemplating all that stuff you're telling me about, but I'm very grateful that I've stayed small because I would probably feel similar about that. So these guys, I remember in elementary school, they knew that I was like the best athlete and I did at that time I did gymnastics and all these sports and like I could out do pull-ups you know during gym class I had like record and all this stuff yeah you're in every field day competitions <laughs> yeah and we had um we'd play like kickball and they would nominate captains and be like all right cool like you know pick someone and no one would ever pick girls they would always pick the guys first and then the girls but I would usually get picked like right away and I remember this one dude 
was like mm-hmm. upset that his friend picked me and he's like dude we're best friends and he's like yeah but she's good <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny to me um but yeah I like took it seriously like I I always wanted to play during gym and I was like why are they just standing around in their dresses like they did, like didn't even move like girls would just stand there in their dresses yeah. not moving during recess and I was like playing all the sports with all the boys and like it's like all right whatever yeah but yeah it's funny but that's cool that you knew a lot earlier like before college and I feel like coming in and out of it and like not really wanting to label yourself but going to your parents be like I don't know maybe yes yes I am like depending if you're like dating someone or excited about someone or like you know whatever's going on because I think a lot of people can relate to that you know so I'm super grateful for my family. Like I always had their support. Things aren't always understood. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I struggle with them or feeling like they really understand me. Yeah. But yeah. they've never ever let it come in between their love for me and their support for me. So while I may feel misunderstood on certain levels, I'm still super grateful to have that support where I thought I could go to them. To be honest, my mom. So you kinda felt had safe. You felt safe, like, telling them right away. Yeah. Yeah. I felt super safe, like, oh, yeah, I can tell them anything. They'll be totally cool with this. And in reality, they were like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, wow. And really didn't get Like, didn't understand it, didn't get it, thought it was a phase. Couldn't wrap their head around the bridge. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you want to do that? Like, what do you mean? Do you remember what they first said to you? Is that what they said to you? Like, why would you want to do that? Or, Or do you not remember the first thing they said? I don't remember the words. I don't remember the specific conversations. I had mm-hmm. I had different conversations with my mom than I did with my dad. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they struggled with different areas. My mom was very, very concerned about my health. And I think mm-hmm. that was, that was interesting to me because I, it was the first time I realized that they were ignorant to something Hmm. because I knew even my short time period in this world, I understood that there was a difference between same sex male sex and with two women. There's differences and the scare of HIV and AIDS is not normally associated with lesbians. Yeah. And me being a germaphobe, I can vouch for that. Yeah. I've looked into that. I've read research papers. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've asked around. Yeah, I mean there are there are like three. I mean we'll use this as like a little education for people. And I've um, basically there were three possibilities. One, they said these are like three three chances that um, or sorry three things that make your chances go up. Right. One is if you share needles. That's obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Another one is if you share toys and don't clean them properly. And the last mm-hmm. one was fisting, I believe, which just sounds uncomfortable. Uh, but no judgment to whoever likes it. Just, you know. <laughs> um, Good for you. Yeah. And then I believe there was one other. If you, if you like, sleep with a girl who slept with a guy who slept with a guy, yeah. then the chances yeah, go up. I, so, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, you know, you should judge girls that are bi or have slept with guys and are not gold stars or something. It's just me as a germaphobe. It's not 
something that you know have to worry about if you're dating a gold star versus like someone that's dated a guy that could have potentially dated either a girl that has dated a guy that has been with a guy or you know what I mean just down that line yeah to think about that but no judgment on if someone is bi or you know whatever but me as a germaphobe that is the one thing that I do have a concern about yeah yeah and it's all I mean that just comes down to what how much you're communicating with your partner you know whoever yeah if you should be communicating about these things obviously there are certain circumstances where people lie yeah but for the most part it should all be in conversation and i don't know I mean, that was you can always use a addendum right or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah that would that'd be interesting <laughs> no thanks never never experienced that same uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me just take this out uh, give me five minutes. Oh just picture God. it like the the fruit grocery like plastic that takes you like an hour to like pull apart. <laughs> give me two more minutes. Two more minutes. It's totally rooting it off. It's really funny. Yeah, that was just an interesting aha moment for me because I I would question. I was like, why why would she be afraid of something like that's not like science. That's not a fact. Your parents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of assumptions that people don't know. I I think the stigma was just in general towards the queer community or the gay community, like having like a really high risk of AIDS because that was such a big deal in their generation or when they were younger or during the baby boom area, right? Yeah. Or the baby boomer kids or something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I feel like my dad is like part of the, my dad's older than he like a lot of my friends said, so I think my generation there, what I'm talking about is like, I think he could be like my grandpa. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, that middle generation there, like, um, during, you know, queen and oh, there was a lot of celebs that died and singers yeah. and pop artists and stuff. And I think that scared a lot of people, but at the sure. same time that they helped voice that there was an issue and we've gotten a lot better at it. And there's been like a lot of great science to like help the severity of it. So we've come a long way, we've come a long way. Yeah. Not only that, but I mean, we've come a long way with public support and allyship as well, because, yeah. it, you know, you can't like, I can't speak factually to it off the top of my head but you know there's a sense that the government didn't help the AIDS crisis Intentionally. they looked at it as yeah yeah you know I like there's this group yeah. of people really want anyway but and they're dying sure. so let's just let them I've watched a couple it's, of documentaries that at that point so that that's improved that truth but I don't <laughs> not believe it yeah it's improved a little bit we yeah. won't talk about Florida yeah no there's there's interesting stuff happening now I mean I think that's why visibility is so important and I know that Ellen is going to air soon and I wonder how that's Mm going to change things Um, I think she's really helped so much just in general I think because she's so likable and so funny I think she's gotten a lot of people that are unique and talented in so many different ways whether they're queer or straight or whatever just to feeling more mm-hmm. comfortable, you know. I think she's an Aquarian. This is the Aquarian era. I think she's just tried to do just that, bring more kindness and um, compassion to the world. So I think I think she's done a really good job at that. Um, and hopefully this film 
will, you know, do something similar. We'll see. We'll see. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been, like, a goal to get on the Ellen show since I, like, moved to L.A. That was, like, on my vision board. I was, like, I want to be interviewed on the Ellen show. I want to be invited. So that'd be cool if, like, somehow this came out. And then she was, like, mm, you should come on the Ellen show. We'll see. Mm, come talk. Put that into existence. Yeah. There you go. It's out there now. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So more questions for you, obviously. So fast forwarding. When did you feel like you were coming into your own and feeling comfortable in your skin and more authentic and not really worried about societal pressure of like, you know, maybe, I don't know, living in your hometown, having kids, getting married, like all of that stuff. Take it basically like you took like a different path. And um, at what point did you feel like kind of secure in that decision and like you're, you're living on that authentic path? If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. not until this last year. That is wild. But I mean, COVID, <laughs> I think, has made a lot of people like it's given a lot of people time to really reevaluate how they like to spend their time and who with and Mm-hmm. It's given opportunity to, for people to work on themselves, and I think that that's wonderful. Yeah, you're able to to do that. I guess it's evolution, like it's it's a forever evolving journey. Because I could also think back to 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2017 New Year's when I made the decision that no one was going to tell me how to express myself anymore, and I cut my hair off. Love that. So I think it's never, people talk about coming out and like when you come out, it's this big momentous thing and you finally come to terms with what's been going on inside of you and you're ready to tell the world and you you do and you make this big announcement and it's great and you either get pushback or you get, you know, love and support. But the truth is that's the beginning that's like your entry into the game almost. And mm-hmm. we aren't we aren't in a place as a society or as humanity to really be able to get to an end goal straight away. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in the kids being born now and in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that they're coming to this planet with the software and the hardware that we need. Agreed. And all the information and the ways of being, I think I can't wait to watch my little niece and nephew grow up and I'm, I'm learning so much from them. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be ever, ever evolving, you know, coming to, coming to terms with wanting to cut my hair off and now I'm expressing myself a little bit more walking the line, yeah. you know, is that a boy? Is that a girl? Uh, it's not easily distinguishable if you just by looking at me. Um, But I wasn't do you consider yourself non-binary then and, like, feel comfortable with that label, or do you not like labels? That was – I really don't like labels. I really that. don't like them. Because I, yeah, I think you're going to run out. Yeah. You know, we we are – it's – the polarizing is, is part of the problem, right? I agree. I completely agree. No, so, people shouldn't be so you, quick to segregate themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes me nervous that people because they because society won't let them fit into the female box that they've yeah. created. Now okay. I need to claim something else? No, I don't think so. I like, think I'm there very, are some very... people that don't like that label though. Like they they're the ones that take themselves out. Like they don't feel comfortable with that label themselves. I mean, that's sure. not but you know me or that? you, but you I but why is that? Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good question. I I think that you know? it's it's part, it, there's a stigma that comes with being a female or being a male, and maybe they don't want to exactly. associate themselves with that. But I agree, there's so many different shades and ways of of being that. And yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of being born into who I am thankfully, but, um, but yeah, some people are not, that is interesting. And that's a really good question, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the realization that there are so many different traits, um, and different, different women out there that we don't really offer like a, a peek into that world. Cause we don't really, I mean, in film, we're not really showing off all different forms of women. We've gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot more lead characters and that are women and different female stories. And a big part of that is there's not a lot of female writers and not, not a lot of female directors. There are a decent amount of female producers, but, um, but yeah, we haven't really cracked that yet. So I think the more mm-hmm. we get out there, the better depictions of these different kind of women will be showcased and then maybe people will be more comfortable identifying with one side or the other maybe, but I agree with you and, and that the segregation is a, is a really big, um, is a really big, like scary thing because at the end of the day, like everyone's human, everyone has a heart, everyone has, you know, um, yeah, we come from the same parts mostly. And we, all have, uh, we have masculine and all within us. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. People have more than others. Some people have less, but they're always, they're changing. They're constantly flowing in influx, like going up and down and and dancing with each other. And that's what it is to be human. And and when you try to say, well, no, you have to fit in this box and you over there have to fit in this box and all the freedom is gone. Right. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. We all come from a mom, which is cool because we wouldn't be here. That's pretty special. Mm -hmm. Um, Women are amazing. And they are amazing. Walking around with portals between their legs. Insane. I mean, I'm slightly biased, but yeah, they are amazing. Yeah, we do not we do not get the recognition and the appreciation that we deserve. I don't understand why men are running the country or the world. That's pretty, yeah, power. Maybe they're shifts in civilization. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but going going back. You were talking about you wanted you were thinking about calling your movie Rainbow or something yeah. to do with the rainbow, so, and I think about that symbol all the time. Yeah, I think about the symbol that we've used to represent us, mm-hmm. and it's almost like we've told um, our straight allies that well, there's only a certain number of colors in the rainbow. Right. Absolutely not. It's a finite. Like a infinite. rainbow, but there's yeah. only there's only these six colors or how many however many yeah. colors. And right. I, I think of us as light. 
Yes, I do too. I think that's why I think we're more infinite. Yeah, we're white light. And when you put white light through a prism, Mm -hmm. then you get the different fractals and you get the different perspective and the different, you know, our uniqueness. But we're all, we're we're all light. light. Yeah. That's beautiful. So you like the name Rainbow Day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. Good, good. I think that is going to be the official title, and I hope it piques curiosity without being too in your face about what it could potentially be. We don't want to. We don't want to be on the nose about it. That's why we're changing the name from Molly's Day Awakening, I think, to Rainbow Day. Um, mm. But it's still going to be like an MGW production. Like that's the company, and then um, yeah, an MGW signature Molly's Day Awakening. So. Uh, we'll have that, and I love the logo. It's cute, and it's MGW. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. I think MGW could be just, like, a secretive title, be like, MGW. But, yeah, for now it's going to be, I think, Rainbow Day, subtext, the truth comes out. I think everyone has, you know, a Rainbow Day, and in this film it's going to be a huge celebration, and this is where she meets a fairy gay mother. And the fairy game mm-hmm. mother takes her on a journey to discover herself. What shade of the rainbow oh. does she feel comfortable in? What does she want to wear? How does she want to express herself? She lets her know that there is no right age to come out. There's no right way to come out. And no it's right like time. this cute magical moment. Yeah. And like we have fun with it. There's like, there's going to be an adorable like fashion show where we see someone come out in their lipstick, chapstick. But, but we're not going to, like, label it that way. We're just going to, like, you know, just showcase some different looks. Mm-hmm. So she gets to just get to see what she might express herself with. And there's some really empowering things that the fairy gay mother is going to say, you know. So, like, clothes is not something to hide behind. It's something to utilize as a tool mm-hmm. to express yourself, you know. So, yeah, just just different things like that. So I'm really, really excited. And I'm trying to see if there's anything else I want to ask you. I mean, I think we all need to say congratulations because you are officially engaged and you have a wedding coming up. Uh, do you have a date set for this wedding? We we do not. Okay. However, our nephew to think that it will be September 24th. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Our 10-year-old fabulous nephew is planning our wedding for us. Well, that's a beautiful day to get married in September in the in the fall. That's nice. Yeah. That's well, we'll see. We're, yeah. We 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 throw around. We don't really know what to do. So for your wedding, like if you want to in California or Chicago, Connecticut, do we want to? We want to have a party. It's it's just it's a it's a lot. <laughs> uh, it's it a, is lot, a lot, especially when you're trying to like when you're in survival mode everywhere else at the moment, yeah. Um, yeah. it's just, you know, tough to think about at the time, but. Uh, true. Are you going to try to wait until COVID is over crossing my fingers that that actually happens? <laughs> yeah. If, if I were to push, I, I would love to do it next year. Just okay. to give us time. Um, yeah. We're not, I mean, we bought a house before we even got engaged. So this is, 
Like we're this is it. Like we don't, the the celebration we can do whenever you know. We um we did the hard part already. <laughs> well, I think just finding each other is a big deal and committing to one <laughs> yeah, another. We did. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. How did you know that she was the one? I think that that's a that's a really big 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 question. Um, that is a good question. Did something feel different about this relationship where you just felt like yeah. safe and you could be yourself or, or what was the, what was different about it? It was a, it was a feeling of, it was a, a when I met her for the first, we spoke, we met on a dating app, the her app. Mm-hmm. And spoke for two weeks before we were able to meet in person. Okay. And I think three days before we were supposed to meet in real life, I all of a sudden started feeling really nauseous. Oh, that's Uh, cute. Was super nauseated and couldn't really eat. Uh, Wow. I was very nervous, anxious. Um. And when she sent me a picture, when she was on her way to meet me downtown, she sent a picture of her driving, and all of the feelings went away. What do you mean the feelings went away? So I could not not everything, and then all of a sudden I like saw her. Yeah. And it went away, and it like she was she's coming, she's on her way here, like it'll be fine. Oh, and all, okay. and I, I, you know, I don't know if I could describe with words how I knew, but it was just a, a knowing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Knowing, like you just felt comfortable around her. Do you feel like you can be yourself around her? We had to really work for that. Yeah, it worked really, really hard for our relationship because if you you think about. How old was I? 34? 32. I was 32. She was 38 when we met. And she does not look 38, just saying. I I Not fair. <laughs> She's yeah. gorgeous. Um, but, you know, we were established a bit in our life. We, we've been, I've been living by myself for 10 years on my own, doing life by myself. And she'd been doing the same thing. So to bring two adults, almost fully established lives together mm-hmm. took work. But the the initial, you know, I don't know if you can call it the honeymoon stage, I guess. Uh, yeah. the, the initial honeymoon phase was very, I saw, you know, I'm, I'm a nine, so I can see all of her potential as soon as I met her. I saw mm-hmm. everything great about this human being and, I held on to that. I held sure. on to that during our growing, during our, our growth and our, you know, building this foundation of trust. Yeah. And I just held on to that feeling that I had. I was like, no, that was, that was the feeling. Trust that feeling that you had in your, in your gut. Even though things seem difficult right now, even though you're fighting about something, even though you can't seem to like work through this obstacle, I just held on to that feeling the whole time. Yeah. 
and we've come out on the other side of a lot of that and we're you know god stronger than than ever so we've we've done it we've put a lot of work into this relationship i don't think any relationship will survive in 2022 (laughs) yeah you're right i think the COVID made people break up or, you know, yeah. get a dog or <laughs> a lot, a lot. People had babies. I feel like it really shook things up, you know. I was hearing that a lot of people had plenty. All of the dating that was happening was super slow because you obviously couldn't, like, meet in person. So people were actually yeah. having conversations and getting to know each other. Maybe you can speak to that. I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I actually, this is interesting. I started dating someone a few weeks before COVID happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know. She wanted me to be her girlfriend like a weekend. And I thought that was like a little <laughs> quick. I'm, I don't really trust people that quickly, even though she was absolutely gorgeous, such a sweet human. I just, to me, it was more of like, are you sure you even like me? You know, like it's only been a week, you know? So I was like, maybe we should give this like a month. I was like, can you at least wait another week and then ask me again? Uh, and she did. She <laughs> asked me again. And it was like the cutest way she asked me out. She like wrote this poem and then she like did a voice note. She read it out loud and she's like, I wanted to do it in person, but I couldn't so I'm read this to you. And it was just mm. so adorable. I had to say yes. So. That was, I guess, technically my first girlfriend, but I have obviously dated before that. Mm-hmm. But it was super weird to me because it was like, it was COVID and it was like her birthday right away when I met her. And obviously, like, you have to do something for someone's birthday, like, that you're dating. So I, like, did all these things, like, very early on in the relationship. And then, like, it just felt like you had to continue that, you know, that pace of that stuff. And I'm not saying we U-hauled it, but definitely, like, because (laughs) it was COVID and, like, you weren't allowed to see anyone else, you know, it was like a quarantine thing and you didn't want to see anyone else. And everyone was off work. So we ended up hanging out a lot in the very beginning, like, well, actually throughout the whole thing, we just, we hung out a bunch and it almost felt like, we were stranded on an island and we weren't really allowed to see anyone else, but we were having such a great mm-hmm. time. And I remember like saying, I think she was saying like, Oh, like, I don't think anyone is having as much fun as we are. And I was like, no, 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 you might be right. Like we're having a good time. Obviously this didn't last. I am, I am not seeing this human anymore, but um, the honeymoon <laughs> phase I think is a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember legit, literally thinking like, this is kind of like, the bachelor like even though the bachelor yeah they didn't have covid but you have all these women and you're you're dating people on a fake reality like that's not that's not you know your real schedule it's not you know yeah. your real job or your like, real city and these are real things that affect dating you know is it long distance do you guys have time for each other like are there stressors that are going to change the relationship in real life? Cause it's like a fake reality where everyone is so happy all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. no, it's, it's like, so to me, it felt like, okay, we're in this weird COVID bubble. 
Like when real life kicks in, are we going to get along? Like, are, is, are we going to have time for each other? Like, is there going to be jealousy? Is there going to be, you know what I mean? Like all these things that you don't really have because you're just spending time yeah. together. So it almost felt like we're on like another planet together. And I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. I wonder how this is going to play out. And um, yeah, COVID just kept going. So I never could really find out like that answer. But um, but yeah, so we ended up just really loving each other and not thinking that that was actually enough. And it seems to be like we wanted different things. So yeah. I'm glad the universe gave you a partner to bunker down with at least. Maybe. Yeah. It was sure it was a great distraction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No. For sure. No, we had a good time. We had a good time. Exactly. Yeah. To bunker down with. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. And then when it ended I just focused more on the script writing and now I have this lovely script which is, you know, written mm-hmm. for COVID. So hopefully hopefully people will enjoy it. Thank you for uh, for sharing all this wonderful wonderfulness. I always think it's good to leave people with like a little bit of advice. So for that human that is questioning coming out, is there anything that you would say to advise that person of like how to do it or the right time to do it or whether you do it or not do it? Or what would you say to someone that's contemplating this decision? Yeah, I think everyone would need to determine their own safety and their own time and place and method and way to go about making a a public decision like that. I think that's Mm -hmm. up to the individual. But as far as doing it or not, my advice, mm -hmm, that's tricky. As far as... um, Doing it or not, I I don't know. I can't even, I don't even know if I can speak for that because that's still like telling someone to do something. Yeah. And I guess that's true. my message that's coming up for me right now is we need you. Mm. We Love need, that. we need people who can be empathetic and relate to feeling different and can unpack these complex these complex things that all of us are going through right now. Yeah. And we need we need people who are brave and we need people who are compassionate and we and that's I think that's this community. Yeah. I think the gay community are yeah, we're we're beautiful and we're evolved. Yeah, if you really get down to it, I think we're evolved and we're we're moving humanity into the next um, chapter and the next level of consciousness. So, my my oh. message would be if if this is calling to you mm. to explore it and explore it fully, mm-hmm. however you can, you know whatever your limitations are, whatever you can get away with, just explore it and learn because we yeah. need you. I love that. Oh, I just got the chills a little bit, which means it is <laughs> a grand place to end. So 
Perfect. Thank you for your so, time and sharing of a part course. of your heart with us. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're here to do. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, when the movie comes out, I'm going to send you tickets. And if there's a screening, you'll sit yeah. and be invited. So, screening going to be in Chicago? Well, maybe we'll have one in, in Cali. We might we'll probably do a local release. I just found out it's like $500 to rent out a theater. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I got my producer hat on now, so I'm learning all these things. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it well, gets crazy, wait. you know. So, mm-hmm. but, but it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll definitely have like a red carpet uh, screening, but we'll also be doing at least local release. If we get some type of digital release, that would be fantastic. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I want it to be Netflix or Hulu. Hulu is killing it right now. So we'll see. But our goal is to make it into a decently prestigious film festival because then you get, you get the digital platforms coming to you. Um, and uh, it's a lot easier to get a deal with them. But if it doesn't get into any of the film festivals, then we probably won't even get into any of the digital networks. So I'm going to cross my fingers. I just watched a a movie with my aunt last night that was terrible. And I know it was like a decently famous actor, not an A-list actor, but I was like, are you serious? And I just couldn't stop thinking about like how much she probably made on it. And like, why did they even make this film? And like, how much was the film? And just, I just always... (laughs) film questions and I'm like blah, you know so mm-hmm. but yeah it's really nice being on this side of it for once and getting to control the message that we're putting out into the universe and have some integrity behind that so it's yeah. really cool yeah I can't we need we need movies like that for sure thank you love well okay yeah. I'm gonna bid you adieu have a wonderful rest of your night thank yeah. you again for your time and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon thank you Rachel Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I try to ignore it. Tell it to leave me alone. And I know it's too soon to tell you.